Hello, and welcome to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. I am your host, Kyle Bird, and... Hello? Matt Parmley. <laughs> I... I'm here. Yes, yeah. Um, and uh, we have Tom, our, our friend Tom um, is back. He's part of one of our um, revolving door uh, co-host guys, right? So I'm just a whore to you, is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> you, you, Trevin, uh, Kevin, are basically like, you're all the third host. Because like, <laughs> the th- between the three of you, you guys are on here so often. So, you know, you're all, you're all the, the third uh, host. So, um, you know, some people would, would kill to have that honor. <laughs> uh they stop killing people in 2020 well yeah good? if if we sound a little uh deflated it's a well i don't know I'm, I'm i'm i don't know about you guys i'm really not that tired even though it is like midnight i'm like i'm i feel wide awake but yeah it's just it's been a it's been a hell of a week you know with more civil unrest and uh you know almost immediately before we started you know with the news that chadwick boseman had passed away like so it's you know yeah I, forgive us for not being super upbeat i think we're gonna try our best but uh yeah it's it's just been a disaster awesome mood to be put in right before you're about to review a, a comedy <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, 2020 is just, uh, it is just, uh, it's not it's, very... It's, it it's, keeps happening to us. Yeah, it's not merciful whatsoever. whatsoever. <laughs> it's just, it's just constant, it's a constant beatdown <laughs> that, that we've, we've been enduring here. But, uh, you know, as we always say here, the show must go on. And it's Friday night. I mean, you know, so I'm. I don't mind that we're doing this late. Like, do either of you have to be up in the morning for anything? No, uh, kid. But other than children, <laughs> but yeah. Children. Well, yeah, I, you know, but with hopefully, you know, you have a significant other that maybe will wake up first or something. And I don't know. <laughs> we we don't know, but. Uh, yes, um, so Tom has hinted that we are going to be talking about a comedy. We're going to be talking about the, uh, I guess a, a parody or, or a spoof, a spoof film, not, not Zilla, which Tom, our loyal listeners may remember Tom gave a little review after G-Fest because it screened there and he saw it. Um, I was... Uh, I think at that point in the day that that movie was showing, I I, I had family obligations to attend to, so uh, I just now caught up with it. And uh, he's back to, I guess, review it again. I don't know. He's he's back. <laughs> it was um, it was something. The the showing I remember being something where it was not. Um, it was not the easiest thing to get to, like. Uh, not it was at like a weird away. time of day. Yes, I remember. it was it at was... an awkward time of day where I I missed the first I don't know 
three and a half minutes of the movie. Like, you know, it was just, it was at a time of day where it slightly mildly overlapped with something to where I was, I like ran from whatever I was doing to wherever it was. And I still missed like a couple minutes. I mean, I didn't miss much, um, but I did miss the, the very beginning. Um, so, um, Matt and I interviewed the director of this movie the other day, which is, uh, should be up by the time anyone hears this. Um, so, you know, if you want to hear more about, you know, the making of the movie and this stuff, you can check that out. I would encourage you to, um, I thought it came out pretty good. Uh, but this movie had a, a kind of strange gestation uh it it originated around uh 2000 uh mid 2000s um and uh the director here mitch teamley uh he made a short film um or at least he shot a short script uh for a, a project called kraga in high school which was uh a, a parody and a goofy homage to all the monster movies he grew up watching and loving uh you know he, he was telling me and Matt about how you know as a kid he would just basically go to whatever theater was playing godzilla movies and mothra and things like that and just spend all day in those theaters um and just like absorbing them <clears throat> uh but then um uh in the mid 2000s uh he was he he had had it as a full length script called Notzilla Duke of the Monsters which was going to be uh similar only the concept was going to be it was a a lost film that was discovered for uh, an an actor uh, an american actor like think like Raymond Burr and so it was going to be more of a a parody of Godzilla King of the Monsters specifically um and <clears throat> I guess he uh, he even submitted it to Toho, who said, you know, hey, this is cool and all, but we, we don't want to make fun of our own franchise, or we don't want to do a parody of our own franchise. Um, and uh, <clears throat> it ended up getting some traction with um, uh, a division of Warner Brothers, uh, who, who agreed to produce to produce it and uh it was going to have uh George Takei in it and uh Patrick Warburton and uh around the the time it was going it would have you know started to kind of come together that subdivision got shut down in I think 2008 um and then uh they made a fake trailer for it around uh 2011 um and uh, he was telling me, I, I this is something that was new to me, but he was telling Matt and I that at one point it was in the hands of, I feel like, he, he didn't say the names, uh, and I, I'm wondering if it was these specific people, and maybe he didn't say the names for a reason, but he said at one point uh, it was picked up by the, the producers who were making the Scary Movie franchise, uh, which was a spoof of Scream, and uh, these producers also made Scream, um, again, this isn't confirmed because he didn't name names, but do you th know who, what producer, what producing duo n produced those films and maybe why 
you might not want to say the name anymore. <laughs> Wes Craven. Uh, Wes Craven is okay. He's dead, uh, and by all all accounts, was a gentle man. Is there an, <laughs> is there a better guess here? <laughs> is it isn't it the Wayneses or no? The Weinstein's. Oh. oh god! Oh no! <laughs> um, again, I I don't know any other producers that produced both of those, and I know at one point, yeah, the Wayans even got into a big legal thing with Weinstein. But anyway, um, so you know, yeah, you know what names were coming to mind too was um, that. But they're they're the directors. Is that Fried's, Friedberg and oh fr- yeah, Seltzer Friedberg or whatever? And Seltzer, yeah, yeah. No, they but suck ass. Yeah, apparently this was <laughs> <laughs> apparently this was held up in the producers of Scream and Scary Movie, who may or may not have been the Weinstein's. Uh, but any, but that was because Scary Movie had made so much money. I think at one point those were more profitable than the Scream film. So it was like, what's our next spoof going to be? And um, that ended up falling through. Um, so the, the script was something that had a lot of eyes on it from, you know, uh, actual studios and um, uh, had big names, uh, attention uh, on it. But uh, it just never happened. And then um, he moved to... As, as recently as, like... As recently as like two or three years ago, you could still find that not Z- not Zilla Duke of the Monsters. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah, it is. I, I I couldn't find it. I've I've seen some like stills from it. I, you can find some some pictures on like some blogs and stuff. But yeah, I, I, I can't find the old, yeah. I think the old trailer's gone. Um, but uh, yeah, he moved back. He moved to Cincinnati. Um, and he ended up being part of this little production company that did a lot of uh like low budget films and um actually like faith based films are like their what they're known for and um he'd made a uh i guess a faith based drama for them that did real you know they were really happy with and they were like what do you have like do you have anything else that we can make and he was like well i have this silly like kaiju parody and and um, and I asked him, I, I was like, was it, was it a hard decision to like take this project that you had interest in from like mainstream Hollywood and to just kind of give it up and do it yourself essentially. And he was, and he said, you know, yeah, you know, we didn't have as much money. We didn't have like nearly, we, we, you know, we didn't have any stars attached, but you know, overall it was something that, you know, he'd just been dying to do since he was young and just said screw it you know i'll i'll do it with this little company i'm at now um so yeah i had no idea that it had this long crazy history with you know all these different people at at some point that it was attached to um uh but anyway Uh, it was shot in something like 19 days. Um, interiors were shot in an abandoned department store. Um, and, uh, yeah, with a heavy emphasis on using as much practical effects as possible. So, you know, and when you see, you know, the anything that's normally would be green screened, it was actually rear projected, just like, you know, old 50s monster movies and, uh, um, 
you know, everything from, you know, miniatures to the the only thing that was predominantly CG were like fire effects and stuff like that. Um, so it was made in, yeah, just a couple weeks, basically, with what had to have been like peanuts. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of talk about how we think that turned out. Um, you know, uh, this movie is... One of my favorite things about this movie is actually the length, because it's about an hour and 18 minutes. Um, but yeah, the the uh, the plot is essentially, um, there is a scientist, a uh, Japanese scientist, um, Hiro Honda, which is short for, I think, Ichihiro Honda. Anyway, it's named after some director that I don't know. I, I I don't know. I'm not too familiar with his work, um, but uh, yeah. So he uh, the movie kind of starts at the end of I guess what you would call a traditional kaiju movie, and you know he's pleading with the self defense force not to kill the this creature, and so it kills the mother, not Zilla monster, and then. Uh, um, he comes across its egg, and he promises, uh, you know, that he's going to take care of, of of the baby monster. And then uh, he uh, goes to Ohio. I guess the joke is because it sounds like the Japanese uh, words for hello. Um, and uh, he he uh, accidentally flushes it Isn't down. Isn't the joke that he thinks this sounds like high in English because he's trying to learn English? Right, right, yeah. He's, he's, he's like, reading a... He's reading a book, book that says uh, how, to, how to travel to America, learn English, learn to speak English, and save the world in just two weeks or less. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, Something right. like that. Um, and on his flight, he, uh, he, he accidentally flushes the egg down the the toilet of the plane and it it lands in the ohio river right outside of matt's town of cincinnati um and that's where below the city there's scientists uh constantly uh what is it blowhart is the scientist and he's he's basically the the parody of like the american monster movie scientist and uh, he's just trying to basically blow everything up, um, and they're constantly trying to make the biggest explosions they can. And his uh, his assistant Shirley Ugist, you know, there's a lot of these names that are like puns. Um, uh, she's always getting undermined, and uh, the and v- she's very much the character that you would get in those '50s monster movies. You know, the female assistant that works at the lab and, you know, is never really, like, treated as being smart enough <laughs> to to be the main character, essentially. Only in this case, uh, you know, she she's very conscious of that and the movie makes a big deal of that. But that, is, that really is something you see in a lot of those 50s movies. I know Matt and I have talked about movies like... Um, you know, like it came from beneath the sea, for example, I, which is like oh yeah, that was <laughs> the, the just the 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 sexism. It was within, not great. Yeah, the sexism on display in in that movie or is, is insane. Or even you know, this is where it, the Notzilla is poking fun at, at 
at that basically even like look at like the original king kong like uh you know a ship's no place for a woman and it's like oh god you know um <laughs> but yeah this is more like what would a woman now <laughs> react how would a woman now react if if you said those things um anyhow uh <clears throat> they they discover the egg by happenstance they meet dr honda and uh, the egg hatches, and the do- uh, Dr. Blowhart, who is, a, I guess, a, an alcoholic of some sort, he's always drinking on the job or after work or whatever, uh, he feeds it beer, and alcohol makes the creature grow, and that is where, uh, you know, it turns into your, story-wise, your classic kaiju story of a giant monster rampaging across the city only in this case you know it is the monster is basically a goofy it's basically a toddler you know it's it's a baby monster that is just getting bigger and bigger um and uh yeah i mean i don't know how i mean that's the plot i mean this is a spoof movie so it's gonna be thin on plot and i'm sure most of our review is gonna be you know the gags that we liked things that we didn't like things like that uh story-wise though i mean is there really anything more that is worth mentioning. There's the reporter who's trying to like get to the bottom of you know the secret government underground base, um, you know, and everything that's going on with them, and unravel kind of the the, the mystery because you know, and because it's uh, there's the, there's the reporter character, and then there's you know there's the the competing ideas of how to deal with Notzilla, right? There's Honda and Shirley, you just wanna. Um, they want to figure out, you know, the nonviolent solution, the chemical solution to, uh, because uh, a Notzilla when it's born is not supposed to be a giant kaiju. It, it only turns into one when it uh, gets alcohol. Uh, when it's born, um, its full size growth is supposed to be about the size of a man in a rubber suit, um, <laughs> which is a good joke. Uh, but, uh, so yeah, they, they're trying to figure out a way to return it to its normal size while Bullhart is trying to use some new secret weapon to destroy it. So it's the kind of competing ideologies there, right? Of, of who's gonna, uh, how they're going to do it. And that's where the, the military the gets involved. What, and what, <laughs> what was the, the guy's deal? He was like the, their janitor, <laughs> He was like the yeah the the general of air conditioning or something. Yeah, like refrigeration <laughs> unit of southwestern or southeastern Ohio or something. Else. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, and he's also like obsessed with himself, so he's trying to like get everything on fil- on film, and so he's also got like like this film student <laughs> with like a beret or whatever that follows him <laughs> around and tries to sh- film everything that he does. Um, anyhow, uh, so story, that's the story. I mean, I, uh, I don't think it would surprise anyone to know that I'm, I'm not quite the biggest fan of comedies, although, uh, you know, I'm not opposed to them. Um, spoof movies in general are always tricky, uh, especially like nowadays spoofs are just like... Like, we brought up those two guys, Friedberg and Seltzer. They do, like, date movie and something else movie. I don't know. But any, <laughs> anyway, um, 
epic movies. Yeah, and those are just movie, and, yeah. yeah, and the, those are just just so bad. And you know, and, and I do really like you know the older spoof movies. Like I love Airplane, um, you know, Naked Gun. I mean, those uh, those are hilarious. And you know, to me, a good spoof movie is is like it's extremely lowbrow humor that's like it's so stupid that it is hilarious and i mean obviously mel brooks is also like the king of 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 like but but like in my mind there's like nothing like mel brooks is like a class of his own and then underneath it you got like the zucker uh brothers and and stuff like that um but but yeah it, it it's become trickier because like now spoof movies are very much about you know pop culture references and just really like low-hanging fruit and so you know when i hear a movie is a spoof i'm always a little bit hesitant um and uh the one but but i think they can work when people understand what made the the really good spoof movies work like uh one of my favorites of recent times is Black Dynamite. And the reason Black Dynamite works is because it understands the genre that it's in, that it's working with, and it's not just like it's not just random stuff happening. It 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 still feels like a black exploitation movie. It just happens to be really funny and really stupidly funny <laughs> you know i mean the the best the best spoof movies in my opinion have a a, a a real story that could be the real story of whatever they're spoofing at as their spine you know like like top secret is a is a parody of spy movies it has a spy movie as the spine of it actually and that's that that story has a beginning a middle and an end and it goes through all the same beats as a normal spy movie you know airplane is a disaster movie um and it's got all those like and and then you, you like the naked gun like those movies have stories that you can describe you can describe the story of naked gun about the guy who you know is trying to find out who's going to kill the queen, you know? And I mean, there's, there's obviously more beats to it than that, but you know, I mean, that's, you can describe the story of naked gun and you can describe the story of a Mel Brooks movie. The, the bat, like the, those Freiburg and Salzer movies, like what's, what's the story of Epic movie? It's just like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a bunch of people walk into a bunch of, um, references to other movies. Yeah. Um, in, in, and references to other movies and other things are fine, but like when that's what your story is, it's not like there's there's nothing there's there's no like natural progression of comedy. Then it's just it's just references, right? And um, I mean now it seems like spoofs are largely dead, but it seemed like those were the only ones being made at a certain t at a certain point in time. So. Um, how does Notzilla measure up as a spoof movie? Uh, pretty good, actually. Um, it, it, it really f seems to be taking its pages more from something like, 
like airplane or or something and it it isn't really interested in um in in getting into you know referencing whatever like the you know like all those other movies like they're like there's like kardashian jokes and stuff and it's like (laughs) you know it it doesn't go there it keeps it keeps its humor for the most part within the uh the grounds of its own kind of universe um it has it has fewer specific references to anything that happens in uh, any well-known kaiju movie than King of the Monsters did. Yes, which is I don't that's kind there. of like <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> big oof. Yeah, um isn't that insane? <laughs> yeah, right. Um yeah, I mean here and there you get like the it, Things that you're used to seeing in, uh, you know, whenever someone parodies kaiju, like, um, uh, luckily it's pretty used sparingly, but, like, the beginning has some Japanese characters, and, you know, it's it's intentionally bad dubbing. And when I, when I saw that opening scene, I was like, oh, it's gonna be one of these. And luckily it's just that part. Um, so it, I, I feel like it, it almost... I don't know. I, I I'm wondering if it's just like, yeah, of course we have to have a dubbing joke, and then they just get it out of the way. Um, yeah. And then um and then the other thing is the, like the toy soldier, right? Yeah, the... like some of the effects, and um, I'm not sure if people are gonna listen to this or our interview with Mitch first, but he was actually saying like a lot of that is more budgetary stuff, and it was like, well, if we don't have the money to get a bunch of extras why not just be stupid with it <laughs> and use toys? Um, and, uh, you know, he, I asked him, I was like, you know, you don't, w- were you conscious of like having to strike a balance between like, y- y- cause you don't want anyone to think of this as like a malicious attempt to like make fun of those old films. And he said, no, you know, it, it, a lot of it is just, you know, they didn't have the money to make, something like Toho's miniatures, so we just did... We just made fun of ourselves, is basically what he said. Um, but some of those gags that are... That comes across. Yeah. Um, I, I really think that comes across. And in, in, in talking to him especially, like, I mean, I mean, people will hear the interview. Hopefully they've heard it by now, and if not, you know, check it out. But, you know, he, he has this these movies, like, in his... <laughs> in his blood. Like, he's very sincere. Um, but yeah, he was like, you know, the intent was more to make fun of ourselves and our own limitations than, you know, to make fun of the the, the old kaiju movies. And But some of the, those gags I thought were some of the funniest. Uh, Matt mentioned, I don't even remember if it was on or off the air because my brain is like mush, but uh, Matt mentioned there's a part <laughs> where like the monster is getting attacked by all these airplanes and he kind of just grabs all the strings at <laughs> that are on all the planes and pulls them down and cuts them and they all fall to the ground. That's I thought that was funny. I thought that was clever. My my favorite joke along those lines is um the train sequence when he picks up the trains and there's like the little cardboard cutouts of people and like he 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 like rips the paper people out. Like yes. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Yeah, that part was awesome. <laughs> that that's like that's one of my favorite examples I think of like the the effects that are bad seem like they're bad 
like like you said, like it it, it just comes across like what what a, I didn't listen to the interview or anything, but like what Mitch was saying about like it comes across that we didn't have the budget, so instead of attempting to do a it's instead of attempting to do it as good as a bad budget would allow us to do, let's just do it bad and make fun of the fact that we don't have the budget to do it. And it'll look funny. And like, yeah, when he pe- like, there's all these little cardboard cutouts, but it's only the top halves of them. And then he peels them off and drops them to the ground. But like, as soon as it switches from when he's peeling them off, it then switches to it being a real person. And it it's, it's a weird like combination of really, really horrible effect. And then actually a decent transition that lets you know that like yeah these guys are talented <laughs> they just didn't have the money and so like they're making a joke out of it and i like yeah. that's like one of my favorite and, parts of the whole movie and when you don't make a joke out of something like that you get raiga versus oga you know yes <laughs> you know you get where something you, where you, where you're so embarrassed and ashamed of your inability to pull the effect off that you can't see anything (laughs) yeah you know so yeah if you're gonna do that why not just get crazy and have fun with it you know and i i think a lot of those jokes in here are really clever and i i didn't and um i wasn't there but uh it sounds like at least from what you were saying it sounds like the reception when you saw it at g-fest was very positive too so it seems like it's working for the audience it's meant to work for yeah I also I thought it was I think it's really funny too. There's like, like the the joke you know with the, with like the plastic toy army soldiers. The joke isn't that there's plastic toy army soldiers. The joke is that there's the one red Indian soldier that makes <laughs> right. it into the mix. <laughs> like, um, yeah, there's uh, there there there's some really good things like that. Some of which like you blink and you miss it, like. Uh, when when he's at the restaurant and there's the big package of oyster crackers, like if you look carefully on the on the package, it says now made with real crack, no oysters at all, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, <laughs> that that's definitely a regional joke. Um, I mean, Michigan has a similar obsession with chili, but Matt was tell Matt Matt was saying that in in Cincy, well, I guess maybe Ohio Cincy, but. Um, they they just like are obsessed with oyster Dude, crackers. It's wild. Like so, the the two competing uh, chili chains here. You have Skyline, which is the correct choice, and then you have Gold Star, which is like the the thing you go to if you can't find Skyline open close to you. But basically, when you go through the drive through, they just give you like bags and bags of oyster crackers. You don't ask for them; they just give them to you. <laughs> And if you go into the restaurant, like the the appetizer that you didn't ask for, they bring you bowls, literal bowls of crackers, and they just keep bringing them to you. Like that's that's the thing that is like expected if you live in this area. So that that was cracking me up. And uh, the bird you mentioned, they you know they filmed some of it in like a um, defunct like store or whatever. That was H. A. Scrigg, which is a um, it's it's a store that started in Indianapolis, but had a pretty big presence here in Cincy. And I, I probably know the one that he actually filmed in. Um, and there's like the they partner with a place called Entertainment Junction, which is here uh, in the Westchester area, 
And like, that's actually really cool because that, if you've been to that place, it's awesome. They have these gigantic, um, models of like trains and huge cities that are like literal miniatures. And so like the fact that they were able to partner with them on some of like the trains and, and I'm guessing some of the soldier stuff as well. Um, that's actually pretty neat. Cause like I've taken my son there and it's, it's a really, really cool place. So I, I, I dug all the Cincy references. There's not like a, a ton of them, but if you're from this area, you would get them. Like they got the 513, which is the local Cincinnati area code and one of the, uh, underground bunkers stuff like that it's pretty cool see and that's how you know something's a good reference because like the people who get it get it and the people who like i didn't even notice do you know what i mean like i mean the the oyster crackers joke is like a funny like bird said like it's it's just just in general like a funny blink and you miss it kind of thing but like it's not like oh it's not like there's so much attention drawn to it that you're like, what's the obsession with oyster crackers, you know? And like, <laughs> like there's, there's not like the number five, one, three, like you said, like that's there in the background. It's not like it pops up all over the place that you're like, what the, f- what is it with that, that number? <laughs> you know, like that's, that's when like an Easter egg and a reference is good because anyone who's, who doesn't get it, it just blows right past you instead of, you sitting there wondering what joke you didn't just get. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that that's a that's a good thing. And like people that are from there get it and people that won't that aren't like don't even know it's there. Yeah. That's how, kind of how you should work in any reference to anything in any kind of movie. Oh, you did, you guys didn't like all the the Easter eggs and the King of the Monsters that were like thrown in your face or like the plot devices, those things. That's not a good way to do that. No, it's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) When, Uh, when, when half the theater is wondering what the hell an oxygen destroyer is. (laughs) That's really the one I was thinking about the most. And the, and the other half is like, Oh my God, they said it. (laughs) That's, that's a bad reference. (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> one of my favorite jokes um so yeah most of the the stuff the jokes about like the time period because this does take place in uh in the 60s like a lot of the a lot of that stuff is um you know pointing out just how sexist it was uh but there's uh it, they also get into some of the racism um just because like uh there's a character uh bjorn block <laughs> who's a black man <laughs> in uh in this giant tr- uh trench coat and um i you know i guess you know mild spoiler or whatever but um the joke is that he 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 took a swedish name to pretend to be swedish um so nobody would so he could so he could become a scientist because the people knew he was black that he wouldn't be able to, and then yeah, towards the end, you, <laughs> the, uh, the joke is like they find that out, and they're like, "You mean you've been black this whole time?" Like I, I, that's probably my favorite joke that's, in the movie. I, <laughs> that's the best. Uh, that's the best name pun too. You know, like yeah. like a lot of the name puns. Well, yeah, Bjorn Block, Born Black. A, yeah, yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the name puns don't really work for me I, blowheart i think actually does right because like 
it, it is like like the the main character is like a blowhard in a lot of science. Like that one works. Surely you just is like yeah, surely you just. And I get it. And then there's like a doctor humongish, and there's another <laughs> doctor that's like it's, it's something. It's some kind of joke about being small. Yeah, um, short man or something. I think. Yeah, I can't think of what it is. But like Bjorn Block is. As a black man who's taking a Swedish name, like that's funny. That's yeah. that's a good name pun. Um, and that's like that's like just I just wish they like I wish they could either have had really good ones like Bjorn Block and Doctor Blowhart or nothing. You know what I mean? Like instead of having everyone have one, um, that's that's kind of my one one of my like kind of negatives if just to kind of get a negative out of the way early so we can you know end on more positive notes kind of is like is like some of the humor is just so scattershot that like if you reeled it in a little bit more it would actually be funnier yeah. the ones that do hit honestly um, i feel like that about even like the spoof movies i love i feel like that about and that also might be why i'm not like I love the classic spoof movies, and like I said, like some, something like Black Dynamite. But in overall, in terms of comedy films, spoof is like pretty low on my list just because of that. But um, I do think sometimes, definitely in the case of this film, and you know some of the 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 better spoof movies, like since the jokes are like a mile a minute, by the time you get by the time you laugh at one, like, you've forgotten the bad one already. Like, that's kind of oh, yeah. how I feel about, like, uh, you know, with all due respect, you know, God rest his soul. That's how I always felt about Robin Williams. It was like, this guy's just a constant joke machine. And, like, every, out of every ten jokes, like, there might be, like, four that are funny. But those four are, like, really funny. You know, and... So you don't even register the other ones. Oh yeah, I, I and that's part part of that with this movie is that it's an hour, it's under an hour and twenty minutes, and so the pacing is just so fast that like yeah, it never it never drags at any point. Yeah, and, and yeah. so yeah, you never you never you never dwelling on, and you, you never you never feel like you're dwelling on a bad joke that just sits there for a really long time before the next good joke comes along. Yeah. Um, and I also really liked the, just the over the top sexism of, you know, Blowhart and Shirley's relationship because it is like, honestly, you could, you could tell me that half of that guy's dialogue is just direct quotes from a 50s American monster movie, and I'd probably agree, like be like, oh, that makes sense. Um, you know, uh, yeah, well, Tom, you you know uh, Matinee, Joe, the Joe Dante film? Yeah. And, you know, in the movie, in the movie, Mant? You know yes. Mant, right? Uh, yes. All of the dialogue in Mant is just direct quotes lifted from old american uh <laughs> monster movies and and like in the way it's presented you're like there's of course this is an over the over the top you know uh you know version of those movies but all I, uh, all of the dialogue in that um or at least a good 
percentage of it, maybe not all of it, because obviously he has to write the actual Mant stuff in, but a lot of that dialogue is just taken from different movies. Like, I know there's lines from, uh, like, the giant claw in there. Um, a lot of it is just actual dialogue. There's a lot of wild sexism in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and a, a lot of that just comes from these movies, like these movies, you know, where you know the the ma- the hero is, uh, you know, the male scientist, and you know his, the sidekick is always the girl character who, like, you know, usually is isn't is kind of ignored and kind of talked down to, even when the movie isn't like trying to be malicious towards. Like the assistant character or whatever, that's just the way it it is in those movies. So, um, so yeah, that was kind of something that worked for me because that's just how that's how those movies were. I mean, yeah, King Kong even has insane dialogue. That's (laughs) something I I really like about it too. You know, and and I I I really like all that stuff. Like like you said, the, the the. the, maybe not the the exact dialogue itself, but like those attitudes and everything, right? And you could you could say that that dialogue was lifted from something, and I'd be like, "Yep, probably." Um, but like, yeah, at the at the same time, like I think it's kind of one of those things. Like, if you're a Godzilla fan and you're like the name Notzilla, you're expecting a Godzilla parody. This is more of a '50s American atomic monster movie parody. Yeah, you know, there's it's, a lot it's of definitely that in there too. It's definitely got that in its DNA. I would say almost more than like being a Godzilla parody is is second, you know, to to being like a like a giant claw or a them or a um, you know it came from beneath the sea type of parody. It's more of a parody of like fifties and sixties monster films from America than it is you know the 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 Japanese movies that 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 we are more familiar with as listeners of this podcast. And so that's where I, it's, it's where I wonder if a lot of Godzilla fans might latch on to just the, the jokes about like the strings and the plastic soldiers and the cardboard cutouts and stuff, because, you know, you know, we've talked about it offline many times. A lot of Godzilla fans only watch Godzilla movies. (laughs) This is true. and so, like, they might think, oh, that's the only joke that this movie has. And this movie's got a lot of other jokes. You just don't get them because, like, you don't <laughs> ever expand your 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 horizons even a little bit into stuff that you should also be watching, you know, like as a fan of monster movies. Um, and that's why I wonder if, if there's just some kind of built-in negativity from I'm sure we'll see some yeah, on, uh, on Facebook yeah. over the coming um, weeks. Yeah, but uh, uh, for the for the most part, the fandom seems to have been pretty receptive. But yeah, I'm sure, you know, now that this movie's out in the wild, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll start to see it a little bit more. Um, uh, I like the creature suit in this movie a lot. Actually, I like it too. Like it's charming. Um, and th- this and is another thing. Where, yeah, this is another thing though where people might point out, like, yes, he has a very. The, you can see the zipper on his chest, um, and you know uh, that's another thing. Mitch was telling us he was like, yeah, obviously I know that none of the suits would ever have visible zippers, especially not in the front. You know, we just thought it was fun. It was funny, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> it, I liked his beer belly. <laughs> Right, yeah, he's got the little beer belly. Um, luckily, because another thing, because before I'd seen it, 
you know, I'd heard people say like, oh, like, uh, the monster can fart fire. And I was like, oh, great. Like, uh, I'm going to have to deal with fart jokes all the time, but I think that only happens twice. So, uh, that's used sparingly. Um, and yeah, there, <laughs> I, I think my favorite scene of him is when he drinks the giant water tower of beer or whatever, and he, he keeps burping fire everywhere. Um, <laughs> I like that part. Uh, <clears throat> And then uh, there's a, they even do, like, the King Kong thing. Like, he picks the girl up, and uh, that's actually one of my favorite shots in it because um, the, the fingers on the, on the hand are all rear projection. And then they put the actress in front of that, and then they made a giant fake monster thumb. And so the thumb, the girl's hanging onto a real thumb, and it's rear projected onto... Uh, the screen of the hand. So I, I like, that's pretty cool. Cause they weren't going to just build a giant hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool, that's a cool effect. I mean, that's a, it's a good, a good moment. And, and yeah, that's one of those that like lets you know that they, they put as much as they could into this. Right. Like we were saying. So yeah, I like that part. Um, I, I, yeah, I like, the, I like the creature. He's, he's, He's charming looking, and um, the suit actually. If you were at G Fest last year, the suit was wandering around G Fest at at various times. Um, if you if if anyone else saw it, I I got a picture of it at some point. I don't know what I did with it. Um, I like that. I I like the the joke where um, they're they're covering up the uh, the secret weapon, but it's like very clearly just a rear projection, and they're like holding up the the uh the tarp just against the the wall of the rear projection and <laughs> and go to rip it off like a reveal like that's that's a funny moment um i like the the reporter and i like how she's constantly like spying on them like you know and she's she's get, like the one part where she's the cab driver and she's trying to disguise her voice and but it, but i don't you know, and I just watched this movie yesterday. I don't even recall how that character fits into the plot. <laughs> she, she reveals that um, she reveals that the Doctor Richard Blowhard is actually not who he says he is. That's that's the big like reveal that he that the actual person he used to work for he basically like offed or something, and he's he's actually nobody, which is why he's reliant on uh, Shirley Ujess to like do all the work for him. Like that, but that that's like that's her whole reveal. That she's at the diner and she's basically taking notes. And you realize, and I think she's like an FBI agent, maybe something like that. She's a, she's in the movie. It's like she's got a lot of just funny little parts. Like I said, like yeah, where she's pretending to be the cab driver and she says like, "Oh, what is this?" And everyone looks at her and she's like, "Abby, what is this?" Like, um, it's that it is it's that it's that it's that humor that's so lowbrow and stupid it becomes funny yeah that's um, like i mean that, that does happen like in a like there's like a when part he, in, when hero when hero challenges blowhart to a fight but it's not a fight it's like a haiku battle yeah yeah it's like a poetry <laughs> slam yeah, that's a good that's a good sequence i kind of forgot about that but that's a good scene and like you see him getting like physically weaker yeah, as, as the other one does better poetry. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, sometimes something can be so stupid that it's hilarious. Like, uh, I was gonna say, there's the part in Blazing Saddles where the guys are sitting around and, like, they keep farting, and it just goes on for, like, ever. And it's not <laughs> funny, but, like, by the time it's gone on for, like, two minutes, like, you can't stop laughing. <laughs> like, so you know when that when, when that movie not to get too sidetracked when that movie first aired on TV, all the farts were edited out. <laughs> what? Why? Why would you edit that out? Did so they, did they keep that scene in there? Yes, that scene makes no <laughs> no sense. So they're like just sitting around like not doing <laughs> and and slightly lifting their legs like <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh well then um <laughs> so uh i mean we we've said a lot of pretty positive things are there any uh anything anything that you felt glaringly negative about in the in this film at all just the just the name puns there's there's so many of them that like it can be it can become easy to to miss the ones that are actually really good, you know. Mm-hmm. Like it, so, we already said that. And then my only other one is, and this ties back to, like the guy is called like the general of air conditioning or something like that. And like you know, he's like, "Are you a general?" And he's like, "Yes, I am," or, or whatever. Like he should have been. And it, and this is this is just like a thing that happens. This is just one specific example of a thing that happens a couple of times in this movie that there's a there's a better joke to be made and it, it bugs me when there's a better joke to be made that springs to my mind like instantly instead of being like a, a made up air conditioning general or something he should have been a general contractor right okay you know and if he's a general contractor he's like can you are you a general uh yes I am you know like um so there's just there's there's a lot of humor that's that just because the humor's so scattershot it's got a feel of like they just went with the first idea they had and didn't kind of try to think of a better one sometimes Yeah um in terms of uh just overall running gags like uh the subplot about the, I mean, I get what it, I get why because it's kind of like the black guy, but like the the female scientist that has to pretend to be male, like being in love with the the doctor. None of that really did much for me, uh, like humor wise. Does anyway. anyone get her name either? Because her name has to be a pun, also, right? I guess it's maybe. Like, <laughs> it's like Jacques something. Bo- but it's not Boutet. strap. Yeah, it's Jacques Boutet. If anyone gets that, <laughs> <laughs> you let us know in the comments. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> yeah, if anyone understands that, let us know. Um, but yeah, that didn't do too much for me. Um, obviously, this movie is not meant to be reflective of the real world or how people really act. Um, but some of the performances uh, were, you know, the the performances in general are kind of a mixed bag. Um, uh, most of the lead actors, I think, do very well. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about uh, the the Japanese doctor Honda, his accent. 
Um, I'm not sure if that's a deliberate, like, Paul Freese kind of accent like you used to hear in, like, the the 60s dubs or or what, but I wasn't quite... It's, I mean, to an extent, it has to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, there's, I'm sure, well, that's a... I don't know if maybe he has if the if the actor um, Frederick Angley has a has a bit of an accent, but like it it definitely is accentuated further, right? Yeah, it reminds me of like the uh, you know you know what I'm talking about, right? Like the old like the early '60s dubs. Yeah, yeah, like sounded very much. Like the Racist? rhythm, well, yeah, but the the <laughs> rhythm of of the speech pattern and stuff is all is really kind of kind of sounded a lot like that to me. Like, there's a certain I agree, yeah. There's a certain rhythm to it that I I, I don't know. I probably sound like an idiot trying to explain it, but if you've heard it, you probably know what I'm talking about. Oh, it's it's that whole like. Um, where they're they're trying a little too hard to match the lip movements, right? Yeah, so so, like, so it has this know, very like thing st- where staccato, stilted. Yeah, yeah, this this like staccato kind of like a weird. It has a weird rhythm. I keep saying rhythm, and like yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but but yeah, well, it's it does be- because it's it's, it's because it's of, of like how a, they because of how how much they tried to match it to the lips. So like. You know, they'll say a sentence, and then like whatever they say after, they'll say really fast, like. Uh, oh, so you're saying that they say their sentences really fast? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. It, it's and it's because of the mouth movements and trying to really sync it up, probably a little too much. And then yeah, you get to the '70s dubs, and it's like okay, clearly just nobody gives a shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. It sounds like we're all kind of on the same page here. I like. Oh, you know, you know what other joke I like is when there's the they're doing the the atomic test, and you know, like they've they've made very specific mention of like bjorn block is definitely like a black guy posing as a as a as a swedish person and jacques boutet is a is a woman def- posing as a man but they're doing the test and there's the the young child there and just nobody acknowledges <laughs> that it's a young child like and there's there's no there's like nothing pointed to it being a child it's just there's a young child there with like a mustache on <laughs> that's a really the good like just visual gag this is also the second movie we've reviewed in the last four months where a monster puts fire out with its pee oh yeah <laughs> forgot about the pee thing <laughs> i'm two for two on on uh kaiju pee podcasts by the way <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm known for. I'm the, I'm the, they call me the P guy. <laughs> um, that's a lot of fish. 
And Mitch Teamley himself shows up in the credits. It says whenever we couldn't afford another actor, <laughs> but he shows up <laughs> in several bit parts. Uh, my favorite one is um, there's this like uh, he's the guy. There's like this older couple that's watching him, the uh, not Zilla, as he picks the girl up, and he's like eating popcorn. And he keeps telling his wife what it's gonna do next. He's like, yeah, oh yeah, it's gonna pick her up. See, see, this is <laughs> like, and he he's just kind of like narrating what the monster's doing, and again, I mean, the, <laughs> the joke itself is doesn't mean anything, but it, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> you remember that part, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that part was it's also like it's also kind of like the part where when when you know they find out that um, Blowhart gave not Zilla beer and you know hero is like he's like um you know you never give baby beer like <laughs> especially like as if it's yeah like especially baby dinosaur or something like that yeah, yeah. i uh, that's another thing i should say uh you know we talked about how the suit is actually pretty pretty well done um the the baby not Zilla puppet i thought was was really the hand was really the hand good puppet, too yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um that, that That's where you can tell they have a, an actual affinity for these is they put time into the <sighs> most important effect, you know, which is the 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 creature in the costume. Yeah, and uh I guess the guys that made the suit uh in the the puppets and stuff, he met at G-Fest, I guess in 2010. Uh, he went to G Fest and they he did a, a live script read. They did a live script reading of the old script, and uh, um, that's where he met the guys that ended up making the the suits. That's neat. Yeah, um, but yeah, as we're winding down, uh, is there anything that uh, we didn't bring up that? we should address just that the the i don't, don't want to discourage anyone from going out and getting it right because i'm i'm a big fan of like there's there's all these independent movies out there right not zilla and rigo and riga and uh you know these these small companies are taking gambles on movies and putting them out for people. And I definitely think people should go out and support that because I can tell you that like every individual unit sold of not Zilla is going to matter to people. Um, as opposed to buying King of the monsters on Blu-ray DVD, 3d 4k, like n nobody gives a shit if you do that. Um, <laughs> So I don't want to discourage people from going out and supporting this and buying it, but the Blu-ray is is lacking. You know, I mean, it's got the feature and a trailer. That's all that it's got. Um, it has no. Uh, it it does not have um, subtitles, even like even English subtitles for like the hearing impaired. Um, hey, which and like neither does have, the, like, neither we... does Beware the Blob. <laughs> Um, and, and also like, it would have been cool. And I mean, I don't know to what extent Mitch could or could not have, or for whatever reason, right. It would have been cool to get some stuff about the, uh, the Duke of the monsters version on a feature, you know, 
Um, uh, yeah, that sure trailer would have been a nice little bonus thing or something. Features and things like that. I'm sure, you know, it's kind of one of those things. Those all cost money and those all take time and people don't have the time or the money, you know, and Especially stuff like right that. Now. But it would have been, you know. <laughs> It would have been a nice, a nice thing to have on there. Um, so that's that's one thing. The, the Blu-ray, I, I wish it just had a little bit more. Um, it there's at least a couple has the short uh, uh, on YouTube. There's a couple short videos about like uh, the suit construction <laughs> that you can check out. Um, uh, anyhow, <clears throat> so uh, my final thoughts. Um, it, uh, I, I have mostly positive things to say. Um, it's definitely, you know, for a certain audience that, that likes, I would say if you don't like spoof movies, you probably won't like it. If you like spoof movies and you happen to also be a fan of kaiju movies, then I would say absolutely check it out. Um... I, I think more 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 of it works than doesn't work, and just when things are flying at you so fast, what works really stands out more. I think, um, and uh, yeah, it's an earnest effort, um, and you you can tell that it was made by people that you know are they know the genre, you know they're educated about the genre, and. Um, you know, it, it does feel more, it feels more like a labor of love than anything trying to make fun of or put anything down. Um, but yeah, I mean, with a, something that has like 7,000 jokes in it, you know, they're not all going to be winners. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's just the right length too. Um, so it doesn't really wear out its welcome. And if that sounds like something that you would enjoy, uh, I would recommend it. Um, so I'm going to give it a very favorable three out of five. Um, it's a good three. It is not a bad three. Um, you know, I, like I said earlier, I mean, I'm, I'm, when it comes to comedy movies uh, and especially spoof movies, um, you know, that's not always my bread and butter, and but this is one of the better ones that I've seen. It's not Airplane, no, but it's also, like, a billion times better than any spoof movie from the last, like, 20 years, barring, like, Black Dynamite. Um, so, yeah, no, it's solid. I mean, for me, a three, a spoof, me giving me, a, giving a spoof movie a three, that means it's probably a pretty good one. Um... So, yeah, I mean, I, it's definitely worth checking out. And uh, like Tom said, I mean, little movie made by a little company. Um, I mean, it's out there on Blu-ray, DVD, and streaming. I mean, if you don't feel like buying it and you want to check it out first, I mean, just rent it for a couple bucks on Amazon. Um, because I, I think it's important to support independent films especially ones in a genre we all love. That being said, again, if you're like, oh, I hate spoof movies, it's like, yeah, you probably 
<laughs> you're you're probably barking up the wrong tree. Don't, but yeah, don't don't set yourself <laughs> up to be pissed off for yeah. seventy eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, but it's enjoyable. And when I give it a three, it's not. Uh, it's a positive one. It's just like, yeah, this isn't going to be in something I watch a couple times a year, you know. But I'm I'm happy to have it. It's a welcome part of my collection, and and I dig it. So I'm going to give it three. Uh, three. Indian, <laughs> red Indian, or I guess I should say Native American, right? <laughs> this is the second time I've done this. I said Eskimo <laughs> on, on the Ultra Q movie episode that I don't know if it's going to be out or not by the time this one comes out, but I said Eskimo, and then I caught myself, and I was like, wait, <laughs> that's Burn not... going to get our show canceled. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's not that's not cool yeah. anymore, and so I like... I. You know, I, I'm I'm learning just like the rest of the world to to teach myself to to be better and and not use words that I I shouldn't. So I caught myself. So please don't cancel me. Like I genuinely mean mean it. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, uh, three red Native American army men. Uh, so whoever wants to go, next I time. totally thought you were going to double down and say skins. <laughs> oh, um. God, no, yeah. Yeah. Like I would do that. We can't, we can't say that anymore. That's a, that's a, not even an NFL team name anymore. Yeah. They're good. Like it, the only Washington is... team or something now is that. That yeah, that's better than the one they had. It's about time they changed that thing. Yeah, that's that's been a long time coming. Uh, the I, I echo everything Bird said. I really did appreciate that it was made by it was made with affection, with love, never talking down to the audience. And it ta- and it has you know it, it tackles sexism like head on. It has things to say about racism. There's some there's some actual meat and potatoes. And being from Cincinnati, like. It's it's always weird when you see like your the the place that you live in or familiar with show up in a movie, and it was kind of neat for me. Uh, I was cracking up at the oyster cracker thing. I can't. I mean, <laughs> even explaining even explaining it, I'm like, oh my god! Like it, this is exactly how it is. It doesn't. It, we're we're insane about oyster crackers here, apparently. So, um, it was it is fun. I do agree that you know some of the jokes they're okay. But what I appreciate about this movie is that they they did put their affection, their admiration for the genre. It was very clearly made as a labor of love. And like again, when you tackle some of the the sexism that was so rampant in the sixties, and you make it, I mean, like it. One of the things I liked about this is when um, when Doctor Blowhard, the whole recurring gag with him and, and Shirley is he keeps telling her how she is. He's like, oh, that's so you. And he's talking down to her, telling her how she is. And eventually that gets flipped on its head. And like that, that's a cool thing to have in a, in a movie like this. So I, I really appreciate it. I am uh, also in line with the three out of five. Um, it's a very recommendable three. Yeah, I think if um, this is a movie, I liked it at G-Fest. I liked it a little better at home um, because... It's it's tough when you see a movie in a big crowd of people like this and not everyone has your sense of humor and like people are laughing at like the jokes that I thought were not funny and then like laughing over some of the stuff that I was like that that sounded like it was funny you know like um 
because they had been laughing at like some other previously not funny thing. Um, so seeing this at home and getting to pick up on like a few more of the things like I when I saw it at G Fest, I did recognize that uh, the black guy's name was Dr. Block. And I was like, oh, that's funny. It wasn't until I watched it at home that I realized it was Bjorn Block. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, that is hilarious. Um, so I liked it a little bit better, um, but you know, not like, not like crazy. I think this would be a really fun movie to get together, a group of people who all share like a similar sense of humor to yours, and watch this with like a group of people while having like a good time. Um, especially since you know it, it, like you said, it does not overstay its welcome. It's seventy-eight minutes. It does. It knows what it wants to do, what it needs to do. It gets in. It get, It does it and gets out. Um, I'm also will make it unanimous. I'm at a very solid three out of five um, Washington football team models. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it it's it's one of those. It's it's a three because it's like if you're if you're in this wheelhouse of this kind of humor seems funny to you. This this type of movie seems funny to you and you think you would pick up on enough jokes from kaiju slash 50s era black and white style monster movies. You're, you're going to have a good time with this. And if you're not, you're 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 you probably just can stay away. Like <laughs> it, this doesn't have like a broad appeal. Well, let's also keep in mind that, you know, even this fandom has, like, no real sense of humor, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, half of them can't even handle a Mystery Science Theater episode. So, so you know, what, what are you going to do? But, but yeah, no, check it out, and, uh, I mean, if... if like I said, I mean, you can rent it for a couple bucks, and if you like it, I mean, by all means... <laughs> You know, uh, go and and support it, and uh, so that's that. I we good? Yeah, we I don't good. even know the company that put out this. This uh, do you even know what company like authored the DVD? Uh, it's the actually Blu-ray? a company that's pretty local to me. Um, it's called Allied Vaughn. They do a lot of like little releases. Yes, yeah, support them. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> All right, we're we're out of here. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.